Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Okay, we're going to get started, guys, and we're going to do something a little different today. Is Carla? Carla hasn't made it on here yet, has she? No. Well, she will, I'm sure. But what I want to do today is we're going to go over our, the end of last week's lesson, which is at the beginning of this week's lesson in the notes. And then uh, however far we get, when we get to the reading thing in this lesson, I want to stop before we do the reading and talk a little bit about the Battle of Marathon or about the Battle of Thermopylae, rather. Uh, and it's different. We've never talked about Greek history before. We've really never said much about the Greeks, but we want to do that today simply because it's such an interesting story. And uh, our reading involves that. Our reading involves a joke about that uh, battle. So that's why we'll talk about that. And if we don't get any further, we don't get any further. That's all right. This is lively Latin, uh, not deadly Latin, hopefully. <laughs> anyway. Let's look at uh, our phrases from last week. We have a phrase that anyone who's ever been in love would like, amor winket omnia, which yeah. means? What? Love conquers all. Love conquers all. And that's in the Canterbury Tales. One of the characters in there has that written on something that he's wearing. Uh, love conquers all. But it's a good phrase. It's a good phrase. Um, Astra inclina said non obligant. I like that. The stars incline us. They do not bind us. Ninette said she'd like to say the stars incline us, but don't define us. And I thought that was oh. kind of a kind of an interesting translation of it. Uh, kind of a free translation, but it really means the same thing. So uh, I kind of like that. Meaning, of course, that you might the stars could maybe have an influence over your life. The moon has an influence over the tides and all the stars. Who knows that they don't have some influence over you, but you don't have to run your whole life according to what they say or what your horoscope says. You can be independent. Uh, Carpe diem. Everybody knows that one. You've seen the dead poet society seize the day. And I love that because it really means pluck the day like you would pluck a rose meaning make the most of it doesn't just mean like get rip roar and drunk and have fun, <laughs> but it means make the most of your day, get the most out of it. You possibly can, whatever that might mean. And then, uh, Faber asked Sui Quisque or do not. Every man is the artisan of his own fortune. That's a little bit like, if it's to be, it's up to me, I guess, in a way. You, you control your own fortune in the sense that you, you decide what you're going to do and what you're not going to do. Fortis in Ardui, strong in difficulties. And I like that one. Uh, that's a good one. And then one more, Omnia per office, ready for everything. And that's a, that's a good one. Um, now, I want to look at uh, our exercises we had from last week. We did the future tense. Remember, the future tense is easy. It's easy as pie. Simply take your infinitive, which is your second principal part, drop the R-E, and you get A. And you add bo bis bit, bemus bitis bunt to that, and that's all there is to it. And that's all there is to it. So it's very easy to do. We're going to learn a future today that's 
not hard, but it's not anything like that for the third conjugation. Anyway, we have some little sentences to translate. Number one says, Omniamiki mihi multam pecuniam non dabunt said amikitiam magno cum studio donabunt. Anyone know what that means? Um, uh, let's see. My good good friends do not give money much money to me, but they give love, friendship with with great zeal. That's okay. very good, very good. Okay. The only thing I would trans the only thing I'd correct is your tense. It's future. Good oh, friends okay. will not give much money to me, but they oh. will give me friendship with great oh. zeal. Oh, okay. future! I missed it. Okay. Future tense. That's all right. That's all right. You did everything else right. You got the hard part right. So that's good. Yeah, that's a nice little sentence. I like that sentence. Number two, semper multos amicos habebimus si wary amici eremus. There's another good sentence, even if I did make it up. What's it say? Semper multos amicos habebimus. We always will have <laughs> good friends good. or many friends. If we will be wary amiki, true friends. friends. Yes, friends. we will always have many friends if we will be true friends. Oh. That is, if we're, if we're good friends to people and true, then we'll have friends. By the way, uh, in Latin, that is a future tense. In Latin, it says, yes, if we will have many friends, if we will be true friends. But English would like you better to say, we will always have many friends if we are. Latin, uh, English prefers a present tense there, where Latin prefers a future tense there. Hmm. So it's just a little difference in, hmm. in stuff. Hmm. All right. Who is talking in this sentence? Can you tell? Uh, somebody's. Somebody is the, uh, they're talking to their son. Yeah, it's a father talking to his son, probably. By the way, how can we tell it's a father? Uh, can we tell that it's a father and not a mother? Um, Bo instead of Ba? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's just the future tense. So okay. that doesn't change. No, actually, this could be a mother. I okay. pictured it when I wrote it as a father, but it could be a mother. You can't tell. There's okay. nothing that you can tell. So what? Manahik mabote. What's a mabote mean? I will love. Love you if you do it. Therefore, please. It's the Latin way of saying, it's one way of saying please. Rather, instead of saying, bring me some uh, potato chips, I will love you if you do. Uh, which is what Ama Bote, they just say, bring me some potato chips, please, whatever. So stay here, please. Hak nocte. This night. This night, Fili me. My son. That's the vocative. Stay here tonight, my son. Et dikmihi. And tell me. Omnia. It looks like there's not an M in that. 
Omnia. Oh, yeah. There should be. There should be an Omnia. I'm sorry. Nanette, we missed that last night. We did. <laughs> Omnia. She and I were going over this. Uh, we uh, Tell me everything. Yeah. De Ludo. About school. About school. About school. Amikis. Your friends. Your friends. Your friends and, and, and your studies. And your studies. Okay. Uh-huh. And, of course, the kid probably says, give me the car keys. I want to go <laughs> with, my, with my friends or whatever. All right. Number four. I don't know. You might have. I don't know. They didn't have Mayus, car keys. Chariot keys, maybe. My cat killed. Will kill. Will kill. Will kill. Uh, two mice. Uh, no, three all mice. You, all, all your all mice. Your mice. Yep. My cat oh. will kill all your mice. Uh-huh. Well, I don't think mine would, but anyway, <laughs> that one will. Um, okay. Probabisne, mayam we tam, amikos. Um, nay, what's that nay mean? Question uh, means question. Yes, yes. Remember, Latin did not have punctuation, and so to show that it was a question, that's what they did. Okay, so probabisne. Um. What's that mean? To approve. To approve of or to prove. Probably approve of here. So will you approve of my life and my friends? Uh-huh. Okay. Cross. Kanam bonam. Apudne. Inwitabo. Fertekum. Bonam kanam. Et winum. Contra. Puelam. Pokram at Swawem at Karam with Davis. Quis est Rogabis est Measoror. This is like a little, you know, conversation in two parts, you might say. So cross, Teod Kanam Bonam, Apud May and Witambo. You better tell Carla what number you're on. Oh, hello, number Carla, six. number six. Hi there. Hi there. What? Um, which lesson are we in? I just got in from school. Well, we're in number 42, but we're at the top okay. of 42, so we're still in last week's lesson, Okay. Uh, which so I put into 42, and down. you're in number six, which says cross. Okay. It starts with the word cross. I know it's hard to find on that. Tomorrow. 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 I will invite you to a big dinner with me. I will invite you to a, to a, a not good, a big dinner, but a good, a din- good dinner. I'll invite you to a good dinner at my house, at my house. And what are you supposed to do if you come? Fail take them. Bring with you. Bonam canam. Good, good food. Good, good food, food and wine. At Weenham. Wine. wine. Words, I'll invite you to dinner going to bring the dinner. Uh, there's a poem a little bit like this by Catullus, but I changed it a little bit in a sense. So bring with you a dinner, uh, bring with you a good dinner and wine. Contra, here means like in return, means against, but in this case it's like, but in return, for you bringing a good dinner, what are you going to do? You will Hello, see. Bullcrum. See what a beautiful a girl, a beautiful girl. and dear, and a beautiful and charming 
And Swawem means charming, like pleasant. Pleasant. Can't find these. Where are these in the lesson? I know I did them, and I can't find them. Uh, well, they're at the very top. They're at the very top. They're at. They're after the future of first and second conjugation. After and then vocabulary. There they are. After vocabulary, and then it says exercises. No, it says so exercises. A translate. Yeah, A translate. Right. It's a little hard because it's pretty far down. So if you weren't already there, like I had trouble getting there because it, uh, there's a lot of vocabulary before you get there. Uh -huh. So um, let's see if you were to see. If you search for cross, if you search for cross, R-A-S, you should find it. Well, think. that last vocabulary word is suave, was pleasant, charming. Uh -huh. And then a translate is it a translate? Yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah. Okay, that's then it. I'm that's there, it. and, and we're on number, number six, six, seven. Right. And just to review, tomorrow I will invite you to a good dinner at my house. Bring with you a good dinner and wine. In return, you will see a beautiful and charming and dear girl. Now, maybe maybe we can. It was showing the same. Questions now, about quiz, the other quiz, quiz est, Rogabis. Who is it? Who is it? You will ask. You will ask. May I saw roar? It's my sister. Sister. My sister. Okay, very good. So, did, uh, do you want to ask if there were any questions about the first five before we? Um, What I'll do is let Carla tell me if she or write to me an email if she has any questions on one through five. I think I was okay with the first five, actually. Yeah, they're not. For usual, they're my not machine hard. didn't save my answers, but that's. Oh, isn't that awful? Isn't that awful? Okay, now at number seven. Doke bote. De philosophia. Et tu me doke bis multa de animalibus et de natura. Will teach you many uh, much about philosophy, and you will teach me much about animals and nature. Right. The only thing I would correct is many things, not many much. Things. It means yeah, many much things. But it's yeah. neuter, neuter plurals all. Yeah, neuter, neuter, right. noodle, noodle, noodle plural. <laughs> <laughs> I just taught seven classes, so my brain. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm surprised you're here at all. I was thinking, gosh, you may probably be tired. But I used to get home from school. I didn't want to even talk to anybody for the first hour after I got home. Anyway, Deus Castigabit Quem Amat. Deus Castigabit. Quem amat. God, God hates him whom he loves. Yep. God punishes whom he loves. Right. God, yeah, God will punish whom he loves. Right. Hmm. And then number nine, this sentence comes sort of from the Aeneid. Dabis improbe poinas, de mea patria, furtim discatere tempta This is Dido talking to Aeneas. Dabis improbe poinas. Give. You, you will give um, poinas, punishment. Poinas, poinam do means to suffer punishment. So you will suffer punishment. Yeah, you will One. suffer punishment. Well, I don't understand. What is the 
Why is the comma after Dabis? Uh, because you have a vocative. Yeah. And we usually set the vocative off with commas. Well, you will get you will you will share. You will suffer. Well, okay, I'm missing something. I've never, I've never heard that that kind of word before. Which one? Funnel. Which dance. word? The one with the Dabis, you mean? Or yeah. Quina? Quina? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe we didn't have Quina. Quina is where we get the word in English, the penal code, meaning the code of punishment. That the I don't think we had that know. word, but I knew it from my previous Latin experience. Yeah. So I, uh, I don't think, I, maybe I didn't get it. I was going to say, I don't think I've ever heard. I see what I'm, <laughs> I see why I asked the incorrect question. So, improbe is what? Wicked one. Wicked oh, one. Okay, I was trying to yeah. Okay, we had this discussion Im- last night and I'm still lost. Okay. Improbe, improbus means wicked. So she's calling Improba. him a name. Okay. You will suffer punishment, wicked one. Okay, you wicked one. Punishment. Okay. Punishment. Yeah. punishment. But the but the, 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 the wicked one is actually the direct address. Yeah, so that's vocative. Address. I see where that's your vocative is. Yeah. Yes. Quote de mea patria fortim. This gator at Tempta Whiskey. What? Now, what tense is Tempta Whiskey in? Okay. Oh, I always mix imperfect. them up. It's one of the, imperfect. It is not. It is oh. not. It is that perfect. means it's perfect. perfect. It's perfect, yes. It's perfect. It's perfect. So, because you have tried, or because you tried to secretly flee from my country, or to secretly depart from my country. So you will give, you will suffer punishment, wicked one, because you secretly tried to depart from my country. Remember, he mm. tried to pretend like you. Yeah, that's that's a sentence in the Indian, pretty much. Uh, that, that was a difficult one. The second half of it was a little difficult for me. I did recognize the perfect, but I was having trouble yeah. seeing how that was put together. It's hard. It's it's not easy. It, 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 it makes you think. That's what I love about Latin. Though. Yeah, I do. Even too. to this very day, I was reading a play last week in Latin that I haven't read for fifty. I years. like learning any kind of language. It doesn't matter. And there were, <laughs> and there were a couple of times when I was stumped. I was like, "What is that saying?" And that's what I love about it. It blows the cobwebs out of my brain. And that's what I love about yeah. Greek and Latin. It's fun. It, to me, it's fun. There's nothing better I mean, than to sit it's down. It's hard to not only say it, but then memorize it. You know, you, it is. It is. Well, in, in, in the case of Latin, so many people never say it. They just read it. And, you know, if you say it, it makes it even better. It makes it's it like better. math, Gare. <laughs> yeah, but it's trouble like is, math. math just never did it for me. I don't know. I never learned what actually. Yeah, that's hard. hard. <laughs> yeah. That's where I was wrong. All right, ten. Postes apud nos, grace dies manebunt et postea ad alium opidum ebunt. Hospites. You know what hospites means? Are they the enemy? No, that's hostes. Guests. 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 Now, if they were hostes, hospites, they would be enemy guests. Hospites. (laughs) Yes, and that's where we get our English word hospice, by the way. Uh, um, what is it, like so, eight, uh, guests among us will remain three days? Guests, yeah, will remain among us for three days. Afterwards, and, what? They will go to another town. town. 
town. Another town. And by the way, that is an old saying, guests and fish smell bad after three days. So that's just, uh, <laughs> that's what they say. So that's for three days we've had the, whoever these that guests That Ebunt was the future of, of ale. Of ale. Of ale, of ale. Yeah, yeah, I, I right. didn't recognize that. Um, but well, I gave you a little note on it. But, but I recognized that um, because I remember a linguistics professor drilling us on those for a long time. On those, e on those future, on those irregular verbs? Yes. You mean? <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Magnum canem habebimus et omnes nostros in amicos terere poterimus. This is sort of a stupid sentence. Oh, wow. <laughs> great dog. We will have a great dog. We will have a good dog. Great, uh, we will dog. have a, a, a great dog, a big dog, maybe. A great dog, dog or a big dog. And? And, um. And everyone, we will be all our enemies. Fear will will be able fear. to terrify or frighten all our enemies. Our enemies. Right. Yeah. And that word for enemies is the word for people that are not friends. It's not doesn't mean an enemy of the nation, but it means an enemy of your personal enemy. Latin makes a difference between your personal enemy and the enemy of your country. That's co-state. So we will be able to, and, I, and the infinitive goes before the auxiliary verb. Oh, yes. Like German. Doesn't it do that in German? Or is it the infinitive that comes after in German? It I depends think. on you if you're dealing with a dependent or a, a, uh, an independent. Oh, okay. Case. I didn't know much German, but it seemed to me I did learn that modal, those, what do they call them, modals? Yeah, they have like modals, yeah. Kunin and, uh, you know, yes, and I, think uh, I used to do German in school, but that uh, some of the words are not uh, difficult. And, but. So but basically, if it's an independent clause, um, then we follow a more normal air, um, order. But then mm. if it's an independent one, then you're right. The um, modal would come after the infinitive and it would jump to the end. As right. my German professor used to say, German, the backwards language is. <laughs> I really want to learn German. That's for another. Independent clause means it stands on itself. It, you know, it's a, right, and the dependent it can't. We we can do that in Latin sometimes. Yeah, but dependent right clauses just, are are dependent on Santa for their money. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Well, I guess is Mrs. Santa Claus a dependent clause? I guess she is. I guess at 118 days till Christmas. That's how I know it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now, I want to stop right here before we do this reading and just talk a little bit about the, the Battle of Thermopylae and the Battle of Marathon, because they're kind of interesting stories. And uh, we haven't done any Greek history at all in, in this class. And so just to give that you the, nice. the, time, the time we're talking about is like 490 B.C. Now, in 490 B.C., the Romans had only been founded, Rome had only been founded for 300 years, and it wasn't anything great. It was just a little town still. really wasn't much. But Greece is getting ready to go into its ascendancy. Athens is getting ready to become really powerful around this time, but it hadn't happened quite yet. But Athens had helped some of the Greek cities revolt against Persia. Persia was the big power at this point. Uh, and Athens had helped them revolt, and that really ticked off the king of Persia, whose name was Dar his name was uh, Darius. And Darius, every day, had one of his officers say to him, "Remember Athens." And he was determined to get him. So 
he invades Greece in 490 with his army and his fleet. His fleet's wrecked in a storm. And when his army comes up to Greece, only the Athenians really are available to fight at this point. The Spartans send a contingent, but they get there too late. And so only Athens fights. And they fight at the Battle of Marathon. And much to everybody's surprise, the Athenians win. They have much better strategy than the Greeks. Uh, they have, Mil they have uh, Miltiades, who's their general. He has better strategy. And the Greeks end up winning this Battle of Marathon, which is a real surprise. Nobody had expected that to happen. And so Darius is ready to invade again, but he dies. And his son comes on the throne. His son, you know this man by two different names. Mostly you know him probably by the name Xerxes. Uh, however, in the Bible, he is called by a whole different name. Does anyone know what that name is that he's called in the Bible? But some translations of the Bible do call him Xerxes, but some don't. Do you, and do you remember what book he's in in the Bible? Book of Daniel, isn't he? Mm. He's right before. Okay, because I'm getting. He may come in. I don't remember. Oh, I'm sorry. He's, he's in, in. He's in Esther. Esther. It's right? Esther. Yes, it's, it's Esther. Esther. And, it's and Esther. what's he called in Esther? Yeah. Do you remember? I'm trying to think here. My brain is toast. Is it's it? a funny name. Well, it's a funny name. Ahasuerus. Yeah. Uh, Ahasuerus yeah. or something like that. Yeah, he ends up. Remember. Yes, at the beginning of Esther, what happens? His wife, he, he calls her to come into a banquet. And she doesn't, she refuses. And she, she won't do it. So now it there's a all kind of. Uh, with all those women. They think, well, they think that maybe he wanted Ash her to come in naked and he was drunk. Or mm -hmm. maybe he, you know, she just didn't feel like coming into a banquet full of drunken men and being ogled at or shown off, you know, right. or whatever. Who knows? Uh, they say this guy, I had an uh, archaeologist tell me this guy's a real pig, this Xerxes. Um, if, you, if you know much about him, he's a real, he must have been a real pig. Anyway, uh, she refuses to come into the banquet, and he concocts this scheme to get a new wife because he swears an oath that he will not ever have anything to do with her again, but he wants a wife. So he had concocts this scheme to bring all these virgins in. And he gets to try them out for one night, and the one he likes the best will become the next queen and it turns out that esther who is uh, a jewish girl becomes the next queen if you remember and his story. wife was vashti right vashti vashti yes Original that's exactly queen. right and well the thing the thing is this when this banquet took place where he's you know trying to get his wife to come in he's probably got all his generals and all these people together to try to get them excited about invading greece this is right before his invasion of Greece. He's probably trying to show him how powerful he is and trying to <laughs> bribe them by getting them drunk and build them up and get them all excited. And then he asks his wife to come into the banquet and she won't come. So it probably was kind of a letdown for him. That's what he was trying to do probably right around this time. So in four, it takes them, it takes them from 490 to 483 to make up their mind to get ready to invade Greece again. And so this time they invade Greece and he brings a great big fleet and a great big uh, bunch of men over. Uh, and there's all kinds of reports in Herod Herodotus is our historian for this, by the way. And his Herodotus tells some kind of 
tall tales, although he's, he's very charming. You can't read him and not like him. But he does tell some rather tall tales, especially with numbers. But supposedly, you know, they were coming across and they drank rivers dry with so many soldiers uh, drinking water that they dried up rivers and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, they, he orders his uh, officers to build a pontoon bridge made out of two different, uh, two, two, two pontoon bridges made out of tying boats together. And you make a bridge that you can lead your army across. However, after they build this pontoon bridge across the Hellespont, the Hellespont is this body of water that goes across between Persia and Greece. Uh, they uh, build this bridge. A storm comes up again and wrecks the bridge and busts the bridge down. And this mm. makes Xerxes so mad that he does something that no one has ever done, I don't think, before or since. He orders his men to beat the Hellespont with whips. <laughs> And they, he says, because you didn't suffer any wrong from me, but you wronged me by wrecking my fleet. And so he has his men take these whips and beat the Hellespont because, oh, wow. because, it, wrecked his, because it wrecked his fleet. <laughs> kind of funny. Isn't it? So uh, then he goes ahead and builds another bridge and leads his men across. And the Greeks, of course, know he's coming, but they don't quite know what to do because they, they, they abandon, like they abandon Athens, they abandon uh, a lot of the cities and, and take everybody that's old and infirm out of sight and get all the fighting men ready to fight and so forth. And there's this one place where they think they can kind of defend the Greece pretty handily from the enemy, and that's Thermopylae. Thermopylae is a very narrow pass and by the way the word means warm gates thermo warm pulai pali gates hmm. and uh, so they station this spartan king leonidas and he's got 300 men with him and they're all stationed there and that's when our reading that we have takes place when these guys are in this narrow pass 300 men are defending this narrow pass against the invading Persian army, which is much larger. Okay, so it's at that point that our reading picks up. And I want to look at this little reading because it's kind of a joke. Okay, we're looking at the reading. A soldier's humor at the Battle of Thermopylae. Okay, so it says, Exericitus nostere es magnus persicus in quick. What does this Persian guy say? Um, our army, our army is Magnus. Great, great. Big, yeah. As Persian says. Et propter numerum sagitarum nostrum kylum known with Davis. <laughs> you will not be able to see the sky. Because of our many arrows. That's right. You won't be able to see the sky because the number of our arrows. Now, the Spartans mm. are known for being very no-nonsense kind of people. Uh, all they cared about was soldiering and militarism and, and being brave. And, and there's an expression in English. The Spartans are called the Lacedaemonians. And there's an expression that comes from that in English, laconic, which means just saying what you have to say and not saying any more than what you have to say. And this 
mm-hmm. little reading exemplifies that. Okay, so this guy just bragged and said, you're not going to be able to see the sky because of the number of air arrows. Okay, two lacedaimonious respondent. Then what's his name responded? Uh, well, a Spartan. <laughs> that just means a Spartan. A Spartan oh, answers. Oh. In umbra igitur pugnabimus. <laughs> in the shadows, therefore, we will fight. Yeah, therefore, we'll fight in the shade. So the other guy said, you're not going to be able to see the sky because of all our errors. Okay, then we'll fight in the shade or in the shadows. It doesn't seem to worry him a bit, does it? And it's just kind of a joke. Like, okay, that's what you want to say. All right, then it goes on. At, at Leonidas, and that's the, that's the king here that's holding this pass with 300 men. Leonidas, Rex Lacedaimoniorum, exclama. Mm-hmm. King of the Spartans. Uh, exc- shouts, whatever you want to say. And what does he say? Pugnate kumanimis, Lacedaimonii. Fight with spirit, Spartans. Odie. I put in pharaohs for tase canabimus. Who do you? Today. Today. Among, Today. Among in pharaohs. Oh, <laughs> That's in that vocabulary. Among the, the spirits of the, the, the dead. The dead. spirits. Maybe we'll maybe we'll maybe dine we'll, today. Dine. With the spirits oh. of the dead. <laughs> maybe we'll dine today with the spirits of the dead. Oh, that's okay. in that movie, Three Hundred. Yes, it exactly it is. Yes, it is. It, 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 it oh wow! Is. <laughs> so let me tell you uh, what happens here. So uh, someone betrays um, the Greeks here and gives and leads some Persian soldiers mm-hmm. through a, a roundabout way that they can get around this pass. They get around the pass, they surround Leonidas and his soldiers, and they die. Every one of them fall, 300 of them. But in holding back the pass as long as they did, they were able to save Greece because they, they allowed other Greeks to get there to resume the battle when they actually do have the Battle of Salamis. Enough Greeks could get there to save the day. Uh, and there's, a, there's an epitaph that you, that you see on the tombs. It says, we Spartans, we 300 lie here, obeying your orders. <laughs> okay, meaning we, you know, we died obeying your, your orders that you gave. All Greece gets there and they fight and Xerxes thinks he's going to see a defeat of the Greeks. And so he puts his throne up on a hill and sits up there and watches the battle. But much to his surprise, he starts to worry that his throne's not even going to be stable because the Greeks pull a complete reversal. The Greeks have built up, especially the Athenians, have built up a great fleet. It's not as great a fleet as the Persians had. The Persians had many more boats, many more soldiers. But the Greek fleet knew how to maneuver better. And they could ram the Persian ships. Um, They could, uh, you know, really completely pretty much destroy them. And the army, the Greek army, was also extremely good at defeating a much larger number of Persians. And so the Greeks 
really were able to drive the Persians out of their country at this point. And this is something the Greeks were very proud of and never forgot. Mm-hmm. And this is the beginning of the rise, really the rise of Athens and the rise of Greece, of, you know, the greatness of Athens this is when you're going to have all these dramas and so forth. And by the way, there's a drama that talks about this battle of uh, Salamis. And that's the drama called The Persians by Aeschylus. Okay. It, uh, it, it's mm-hmm. 20 minutes to the hour. Oh, thank you very much, uh, Deanna. Uh, and so this, this play of Aeschylus, you can actually, it's probably an eyewitness uh, description. Most, most plays were about myth, mythology. This is the only one we have that's actually about a historical event. And it is uh, probably this, a description of this, this actual battle because uh, he was there. By the way, it's interesting that if you fought at Marathon, that's all you had to say, and you were famous. Uh, Aeschylus, who was a great poet, when he on his epitaph, it doesn't say a word about his poetry. It doesn't say he wrote all these Greek tragedies and so forth. All it says is, I fought at Marathon. And that's all he had to say. And that, that was enough to make him. That was, that was it. I guess it's like today, if we know people from World War II, and they say, I fought in the Battle of the Bulge or something like that, you know. It, it was a big battle. It was a decisive battle. But but this uh, Salamis and mm-hmm. uh, uh, Thermopylae yeah. are, are very big battles. And they are important because uh, they did pretty much get Persia out of Greece. Uh, and it's after that that both per- Sparta and Athens will become important and will become powerful. Any comments on this at all? I just thought it was good to kind of talk about some of this stuff because uh, – you probably had it in history way back, but you yeah, probably way forgot. back. What does it mean at the bottom? You have Kikarotusk, and then you have one point four two point one oh one. Okay, it's from the Tusculan Disputations. This reading is an adapted from that book one, chapter forty two, and I guess it would be line one oh one. It's just telling you where it's from if you want oh, to see okay, it. Oh, okay, because I wonder what Cicero's in Cicero's actual. Uh, I took this reading from. Uh, I took this reading from Wheelock's Latin. I don't usually take things from him, but I took that reading because that was kind of that was kind of interesting, and it did teach the future tense. So that's why we did. Okay, you guys want to send Kesarasara? By the way, uh, Kesarasara is going to be on the going to be on the karaoke one night uh, sometime soon. Oh, I don't great. Know that. So uh, you can sing along with it. Do you all want to sing K Sara Sara? I do. I'm, I'm yeah. still trying to learn it. Um, okay. okay. Well, I'm trying to learn it too, Dad. Don't, even if I translate it, it's hard to sing it. Well, don't, uh, you know, you might want to mute uh, because if you all try to sing, it'll blow poor old Deanna. It'll blow her earphones off. Right, anyway, right here we go. Ubi eram puelula machem rogabam de postero. Erone pokra a healthy waste, a mihi dike bat, tune quae siris, scare nefas to be, quem finem di dederent, umelius eris, quid quidarit pati, cum fiarem virgo pokra. 
Amikum rogabam. Ermus nebeati at the with taste. Ermicus di kebat. Tune quaesiris. Skirin a fast be. Quimpinim di derent. Umelius erit. Quidquidarit pati. Nunfilio lumabea. Matrim rogaba de postero. Eric ne poke waste. Tenere itero. Tune quae siris. Skire nefas tibi. Quentin md deterent. Umelius erit. Quid quidarit pati. Carpe diem. <laughs> we go. Okay. Are you going to translate any more songs, um, Gary? Well, you How about sixteen one, tons? Be a good. Well, you know one that was going through my mind the other day. Now you're really going to laugh at this one. I was thinking about trying to translate that song. It goes, "He's so shy." Doom, doom, doom. No. You'd go, Timmy Deuce. Lewis, we may. I couldn't think of the last line. We may cop top, something like that. Anyway, I might try to translate that one. That just hit me. I could probably do that one. 16 yeah, that ton would be, be a something. good one. Yeah, anyway, I'll have to work Yeah, that'd on be a good one. one. But it's funny, when I taught, when I was teaching, I never translated. The kids wanted me to translate. When I first started teaching the songs, that's the way, uh-huh, uh-huh, I like it was out. <laughs> and they wanted me to translate that. And I thought about it. And I didn't, I didn't think I could do it. But now, actually, I think I could. Uh, I think, actually, I was thinking about that the other day, like, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I think you would translate as itawero. Yes, yes, thus, thus, I think is what you would say. As as Quamoda Itawero Ama is anyway, I would try that one too. That might try that one too. I bet he's so fine. He's so fine. Yeah, I could probably do he's so fine. But how are you gonna translate do lang, do lang, do lang? Do lang, do lang, do lang. What are you gonna do with that? I somehow I don't think the Romans would have said do lang, do lang, do lang. I don't think they would have said that. I don't know what they would have thought, but because uh, there, uh, there are yeah. songs, our songs in Plaudus, a few, but not many. And we don't know much about Roman music. We really don't. Uh, you know, what, they must have sung some songs because we have this thing. Yeah. Morris tells you, tells yeah. you about this drunk who's singing about his girlfriend one night on a boat they're on. Yeah. So, you know, they sang something. Who knows, but, however, but, they sang the song. Who knows, you know. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. All right. Now I'm down to new phrases. These are new phrases for this week. In umbra igitur pugnabimus, there's our sentence we had in our reading. Then we shall fight in the shade. Mm-hmm. And that's a famous enough sentence that I guess it made it into that list of Latin phrases. So I put it in there just so you'd have it. In utero. In Latin, that's pronounced in utero, but in English, it's usually pronounced in utero, meaning in the womb, um, like an mm-hmm. egg that's fertilized in utero. 
as opposed to in vitro, in Latin that would be in vitro, but in English in vitro, in glass, a baby that's fertilized in a laboratory or, you know, in a test tube, whatever. Labor omnia winket. Hard work conquers all. Carla, your students, that should be the motto of your classroom. <laughs> Right. You know, it's funny you should say that. I had that up on the board in my exploratory class for the longest time. It's a good, it's a good phrase. It's and then one phrase. of my students comes up, oh, so that's where Labor Day came from. Well, in a way, in a way. <laughs> in a uh -huh. way. Um, magnum opus, a great work that is a masterpiece. When I finish my book, I hope it'll be a magnum opus. Carla's writing some magnum opus right now so uh, we hope they'll turn out too now this next phrase i love because it's funny i mean it's something about it's funny it says nilsin in magno we tell a bore get it mortalibus notice by the way in that phrase this is a good example of latin poetry Vita is nominative magno labore is ablative but the word vita is stuck in the middle of that mm-hmm uh, to emphasize it, probably, and so it means life has. It means life has given nothing to mortals without great labor. The funny thing about that sentence is, of course, you can take it at face value. You know that you have to work hard to get whatever you want. <laughs> but in real, but in the satire where this statement is praised, is placed, the guy that says it is trying to find an easy way to get rich. And so he's talking to Horace, who wrote this, and he says, I don't, I'm going to hound you all over the place. I'm going to follow you around. You can't lose me. I'm going to work hard so that I can get to be a friend of your patron, just like you are, because life is given, given nothing to mortals without great labor. So he, like he's saying, I'm going to do everything I can so that I can be on easy street. You know, so it's kind of a funny he really doesn't want to work that hard, except to, to get to get rich. And the word order in that one is so peculiar. It's typical Latin poetry. It is. Nil, nil sine magno. And actually, again, I think it's to, whether, I don't know exactly, I guess the word vita is really out of place. And so it's probably what's emphasized there. Life has given nothing to mortals without. And maybe the fact that great and labor are separate emphasizes yes, them without great labor. Yes. Too. Yeah. H Horace is a very interesting author to read because, especially in his odes, he puts words way out of order. Like, like uh, the noun in line one might go with an adjective in line four, and a noun in the accusative case in line one might go with an adjective in line two. And I mean, the stuff is just thrown all over the page. And, uh, but it's, it's wonderful. It all fits together in the end that it all it paints word pictures sometimes by where the words are placed. So it's real interesting. All right. Future tense of third, third IO and fourth conjugations. We don't use bow bis bit to do this. Instead, if you know third conjugation, it's O-I-S-I-T-I-M-U-S-I-T-I-S-U-N-T -I 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 for the present tense. O-I-U. The vowels we didn't use are E and A and they're used to form the future. So it's Take the, really take the, uh, take the E-R-E -E off of your verb and add A-M-E-S-E-T, E-M-U-S-E-T-I-S, 
ENT. So you say, Agam, Agais, Aget, Agamus, Agatis, Agent. Now, this causes trouble because you can be confused whether a verb is second conjugation, present tense, or third conjugation, future tense. And you know your mean Latin teacher is going to give you some, uh, some examples of that and some, uh, some testing on that. So, for example, if you saw widdays, that's present tense because it's second conjugation, widdays. But if you saw agase, that's future tense, even though it ends in es because it's third conjugation, and that's future. So you have to know what conjugation your verbs belong to. That's all there is to it. Third io and fourth are the same as, um, except that the i is in there right before the ending. So copiam, copies, copiet, aldiam, aldies, aldiet, etc. Yes, Nynette, did you have a question? I think we lost her. No, I'm sorry. I was. I thought I was muted. Um, yeah. I was trying to. I was talking to a cat. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> a phalanx. You were talking to a phalanx. Huh? All right. So for this week, guys, you have your. You have some exercises here, and the first one is present or future. I told you you mean all that. People are going to give you a test. I'll give you ten through how many verbs? Ten. And all you've got to tell me, all these verbs are on your verb list that you had in lesson 41. So all you've got to do is tell me, is it present or future? And to do that, you've got to know what conjugation it belongs to. So that's what you have to do. And for letter B, you have some sentences to translate. And that's all there is to it. Uh, a couple of these sentences are a little long. One of them is a conversation. Oh, and we do have a song at the end, too, which we'll do right now. Uh, this, uh, by the way, what time is it? Um, 3.53, you still got seven Okay, minutes. we got some time. We got time to sing this song. This song is so English. Translating into Latin is funny enough as it is. But in Latin, it really kind of is funny. This song is for he's a jolly good fellow. Um, okay. And in Latin, uh, you can do it two ways. You can actually say he's a jolly good fellow or she's a jolly good girl or fellowette, whatever you call a girl, um, depending on what pronouns you use. So to sing this in Latin, you simply say, Namile is bonus amica, sile is bonus amica, sile is bonus amica. Quote name on a get, na get. Quote name on a get, na get. Name on a get, na get. I used to like to hold that because kids used to think it was funny. <laughs> and then to sing it for the girls. Now, Mila Espona Amica, Ela Espona Amica, Ela Espona Amica. Good name on the get, Neget. Good name on the get, Neget. Neget, Neget. Now, Mila Espona Amica, Now, Mila Espona Amica. Good name on get, get. Yay. I did not translate Ooh, that. Yeah. I, I, I did not translate that. That was translated by someone else. <laughs> someone gave me oh, that song. But it's cute. Kids, kids used to like to sing that song. I don't know why I suddenly thought of it, but I did. So this week you want to do A and B here of these bottom exercises. And next week we'll come back and we'll do some review. You said you wanted more review on verbs and we'll get more review on verbs next week.
Harry, and is there might. something mm-hmm. missing off the end of this lesson? It just seems to. There's mm-hmm. it, it ends in well, actually, there is, but you had no way of knowing it because I well, I, I do. Gonna, I was because... gonna I was gonna put a reading. I was gonna put a reading in here. No, but, but for the girls, it. you have a changes to you know non. Oh uh, well, okay, yeah. I'm sorry. Es, changes to Namila Esbona Amika, etc. What I was hoping you would know is which how would I think you would know it. Uh, it just goes, you do the same thing. You repeat three times. Then you say, quote, name when they get, they get, quote, name when they get, they get, quote, name when they get, they get. No, oh, okay. So there's no change then. Um, no, nothing else changes except no. bona amica. Everything else is the same. Oh, I, I didn't see the et cetera there at the end. That's probably what happened. Yeah. I just sort of trailed off, but I just found that. So I see what you did. But I was going to put a reading in here, and I couldn't find it. But I'll have it by next week. I know where to get. I'm closing in on it. Hey, so. Gary. <laughs> mm-hmm. Gary, what, yeah. what about the rape of the Sabines? You were going to talk oh, about that. Well, we were, but Thermopylae raped the Sabines this week. <laughs> so next week, we'll talk about the rape. Of, I'm glad you remembered what I was going to talk about, though. That's <laughs> well, can we, yeah, that's community what, throw you off for that one? <laughs> no, I hope not. I hope not. Well, some of the things I hear on uh, some of the other things, I know I don't believe they will. Anyway. No, it, it'll be clean. It'll be clean. Uh, it'll be uh, it'll be uh, acceptable. But it is called yeah. the rape of the Sabine. Huh? Right. Yeah. Okay. Anybody have any questions this week? I'm gonna Anything go you want to ask? What's that? I'm gonna go eat. Thanks for the lesson. Oh, thank <laughs> you. Have a nice. Have a nice. Have a bone on cane on. Bone on cane on. Have that. Yeah. Yeah. Have that. I'm really enjoying this class. I'm enjoying it too, uh, and I'm sorry that I don't get it done a little quicker. I'm I'm writing it as you guys are learning it, so uh, that's why it's a little. Uh, I don't have a book. I wish we had a book that we all could use, but we just don't. There's just not one. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, at least if there is, I don't. We've know. got two minutes till the end of the okay. session. Okay, thank you. I think we're pretty much done. Does anyone want to say anything else? Okay. We got two Thank minutes. You, right? We got two minutes. That's all we got. So, um, what I was going to ask you is, um, um, with your students, did um, when you um, did you? I, I guess I'm pursuing something that I started last week. Um, you know, when you go across for all the different verb forms with the same mm-hmm. form, did you use that more as a review than an introduction? Yeah. Well. No, well, no, well, <laughs> on the book I was using, when I used the old book that went, went, uh, ver- went, uh, I guess you'd say vertically, right? That you learned all first conjugation and all second conjugation and all third conjugation. All then when I reviewed, I probably went across more. But in my later years, we had a book that really taught them horizontally. So, like, it would teach all the present tense at one time of all the conjugations. And so that's when I wrote my song, because I, I had to have some way of trying to review all those verb forms at one time. Uh, and to be honest with you, I don't know which method is best. I think it's best to learn them one at a time, maybe. But yes. the, the, the book that I had threw them all at them at one time, and that's what we had to do. So, 
that's what I'm we do. Struggling with this book that does it all horizontally, and I, I, I think I'm going to modify it because some of my students just don't catch on that way. They need yeah. Well, the they say what they say in theory is that kids learn it better ver going horizontally. They learn it better in the long run, but at the beginning, I think it might be better to do it vertically. They say somewhere along the line they should see it horizontally. Gary, you're out of time, sweetheart. All right. See you later, yes. guys. See you later, guys. Carla, call see me up you. sometime. We'll talk about this.